Welcome to The Voice Podcast, a podcast showcasing the voices of the immigrant Canadian experience. It is a podcast for anyone looking to learn about the diversity of cultures that shape the country we call Canada. Everyone has a background, a story, and a perspective worth hearing. Our fourth guest on the podcast and the first guest of 2021 is Amir. He's born in Palestine, but came to Canada quite young, only to move to Israel and then back to Palestine and is now living in Regina, Saskatchewan. Palestine is a small region of land that has played a prominent role in the ancient and modern history of the Middle East. The history of Palestine has been marked by frequent political conflict and violent land seizures. Without further delay, hello and welcome. In Palestine, there are actually two primary languages. The first is Arabic, in which we would say Ahlan. And the second is in Hebrew, in which we would say Shalom. It also means peace. A little bit ironic, considering the country's choice of dealing with conflict. Exactly. Thanks again for hopping onto the call with me and sitting down with me to chat about your background and where you're from. So welcome to The Voice Podcast. My name's Amir. I'm originally from Palestine. Some folks might recognize as a country and some might not. It's a whole whole mess there. I won't go too deep and go too much in depth into it, but um, basically... Palestine is not recognized by all countries as a country, whereas Israel is recognized by all countries. Palestine wants to be its own state, like wants to be recognized as its own state, but you know Israel is against that. So again, it's a really messy story. I, know I try not to be biased in it, but anyway, I, you know, I, I recognize Palestine. I'm from there, so mm-hmm. I um. So yeah, when I say so when I say Israel, I'm ref- I'm referring to when I lived in the like the parts that are recognized as Israel. And when I say Palestine, it. it's me living in the parts that are recognized by the people who recognize Palestine mm-hmm. as Palestine, basically. Okay. But anyway, uh, so I was born in Palestine and then my family immigrated to Canada about a month after I was born for work opportunities. Cause my dad is, my dad's a doctor. He had a work opportunity in Ottawa. So he pursued that and took my mom and I with him. We lived in Ottawa where I, in 2000 and, uh, 2010, we went back home to Israel. We, we went to Israel this time, but it's a, it's a whole uh, complicated situation, Israel-Palestine. Anyway, I went to school in Israel and then went to school in Palestine. In 2018, I came to the UR. So just kind of all over the place there. Cool. Okay. So just to map it out a little bit based off of your age, I think might be more helpful. So you were in Palestine until how old before you came to Canada? And then when did you leave? I was about a month old. I was born at the end of 2000. We left in January, February, 2001. So I was about a month or two old, I'd say. Okay. And then how long were you in Canada for before leaving again? We left in in the summer of 2010, in August. And what was the rationale for leaving Canada at that time? It was just a bit tricky for my, for my folks because my dad's English was all right, but my mom's English wasn't very good. So um, she kind of felt out of place there. Yeah, I guess it took them 10 years to realize that. But. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say a little bit long um, for them yeah. to be like, okay, let's move back. Okay, so you left Canada and you didn't go back to Palestine. You actually went to Israel. How long did you spend there before, again, leaving back to Canada? So we lived in Israel for about one year. I was in fifth grade. And then in sixth grade, like what about the uh, like right at the beginning of sixth grade, we went back to Palestine. So, um, and then uh, finished up, you know, middle school and high school, you know, sixth grade and twelfth grade. It was an English speaking English speaking school because English had become my first language. Yeah. And so that, the same with my sisters. Like you'd be surprised how many English speaking schools there are. Well, I came back to Canada in the summer of 2018. Came to Regina, 
I'm a loner here. <laughs> so you came all by yourself um, in 2018? Yes. Okay. And that was purely, I guess, for university and specifically Regina? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, cool. So let's dive deeper into all this movement and to the degree that you can remember, because I know that you said that you were fairly young when you were moving around. So do you remember how you felt with all this moving around? It was kind of stressful because, you know, like I'd made friends at the Israeli school. It's a learning experience, like le- experiencing different, you know, places and cultures. Like it, it helped develop more. I don't regret any of it. I'm like, you know, meeting so many different people, you know, different diverse crowds and communities and whatnot. And now that you've been at Regina, um, relatively stationary for the last three or so years, how does that feel? You're no longer with your family, they're back home, but now you have like a stable group of friends um, and you've been here for three or so years. I guess it's it's nice to, you know, like, because like we haven't done any, you know, major moving. It, it feels good, honestly. And I'll be honest, I was raised in Ottawa. The culture back home and the culture in Ottawa are two very different things. Like they're very different in a variety of ways. As a result, I was more westernized. Being back in Canada definitely feels better too in that regard. Because I, I did feel somewhat out of place at times because of my background. So the part about the differences, do you have a particular difference that maybe you can highlight? People are very religious where I come from, but I personally am not, I'm not religious. I'm Muslim by blood, but I don't really believe in, in anything really. One thing that kind of put me at odds with other people was tolerance. The way women are treated back home. It's not as blatant as like you might see in movies where they're like there's like, you know, sex slaves or whatever. It's nothing like that bad. Like at least not on the surface anyway. Sexuality as well. Pretty much everyone was homophobic. There was one, you know, kid at my school in Palestine who was gay. And, you know, he'd be the butt of a lot of joke. You know, I just, I just didn't really vibe with that. There is a racial discrimination. So there was a kid from Sri Lanka at my school as well. I bring that here today as well. I do know quite a few folks, you know, here in Regina that are, that do exhibit those, those beliefs and mannerisms and whatnot. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of advocacy around um, Palestine. Can you touch a little bit about that to the, degree, to the degree that you are comfortable, at least, on the advocacy surrounding Palestine and what's going on there? A lot of people, Israel included, don't recognize Palestine. They just consider it to be part of Israel. But Palestine wants independence. Like some countries recognize it. A lot, a lot do, a lot don't. It's, it's really controversial there. Like my knowledge of indigenous history in Canada isn't, I'm not 100% familiar with it. But um, it's, it's, it's somewhat similar to Europeans coming here and stealing, stealing people's land. Very similar things happened between Israel and Palestine. Very recently, up until like 2004, village, like entire villages were being torn, like torn down. Um, farmers were having olive trees destroyed. And that's, that, that one really hurts because olive trees are a symbol of peace. Uh, after the Holocaust and everything, the Jews needed a home. And so they came to, the, the British sent them to Palestine. And then, you know, a bunch of chaos followed. Like several wars have happened. There was a war in 2014. I, I, I witnessed it. So there's a wall, like a really, really big wall that separates Israeli territory from so-called Palestinian territory that, you know, they won't recognize as Palestinian. They'll recognize as a separate territory, but not that it's Palestine or anything, or, or the Palestine's own country. And it's manned by soldiers who will kill anybody that tries to climb the wall. It's, it's a very similar situation to the Berlin Wall. You see a lot of children, adults, like teenagers, people of like very young, like seven-year-old children, you know, throwing, throwing, you know, rocks, even Molotov cocktails people would throw over the walls, you know, at Israeli soldiers. And Israeli soldiers, you know, shoot rubber bullets and tear gas back. Wow. I want to dive a little bit deeper into that because um, I think a first-person account of what you can remember or what your parents have told you, even a second degree, would be pretty helpful to kind of paint a story for, for the listeners here. 
let's go back to the 2014 war that you talked about. Um, and if there's anything that you do recall uh, or are, and are comfortable sharing, uh, feel free to talk about that. I saw a missile getting launched from a from an Israeli. I don't even know what it was. It was a tank or a missile launcher. I don't know how missiles work. But anyway, I saw him. I saw like I, I, in the sky. I saw the missile flying. Like in the, I, I saw the missile flying from this one place. The war in 2014 was for. Uh, it's called uh, the English pronunciation is Gaza, like the Gaza Strip. It's one of the uh, territories of Palestine, um, and so. It's currently controlled by Hamas, which is an organization that is debatably, a, it's considered by the Israeli government and some other governments to be a terrorist organization. Now, whether or not it is, I, I don't know. Like there's different sides, stories, obviously. So this war was between, this, was between Hamas, who was controlling the Gaza Strip and the Israeli government. There were uh, sirens you know, happening at our school. There's a bomb shelter underneath our school. So um, we had to do like regular drills during that time, just in case anything were to happen because our school is in Palestinian territory. So on the off chance that, you know, anything happened because in the past, Israel has targeted, you know, schools. So in the, on the off chance, anything were to happen, we had to, uh, you know, go to the bomb shelter. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it, it's pretty intense. Uh, even outside of that, like the, like the military presence in Israel is incredibly vast. There's a mandatory conscription in Israel join the military after high school two years for women three years for men that's a, something else that's really jarring like the difference in israel and you know canada like you're not allowed to carry a gun here but people back you know in israel were literally carrying like machine guns around their necks like civilians or carrying assault mm -hmm. rifles around their necks like mm -hmm. so um because pretty much the only qualification that you need to get a gun was having served in the military and you're required to serve in the military so people would carry you know like dual pistols you know like like pistols, literal assault rifles. It, it was very, it was crazy. Uh, so like that, 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 you know, stark contrast between there and here is it, it's, it's, it's wild. Like there's soldiers everywhere. When you're 16, you need to carry ID on you. And then Israeli soldiers have the right to stop and search you. I had luckily never experienced that. I was stopped and asked for my ID at one point. And if you don't have your ID on you, that's a, that's imprisonment and a fine. So um, like every time I go to visit, like I go back and visit my folks, you know, it's still the same over there. You lived in this really violent society that you got to see a lot of extreme things that you only read about in history books mm -hmm. versus Canada and Regina and Ottawa, like all kind of on this side of the spectrum. Yep. So when we go back to growing up in an environment like that, that you only read about in history books, how has that shaped who you are today? People are violent where I come from. Kids, they're always fighting, like like, like real rank fist fights. Like I, I've seen quite a few. Never participated in one, but I've seen them because you know I, I stay away from fights. And me, on the other hand, I grew up in Ottawa. I lived in a nice, you know, in the suburb. I wasn't experiencing all that stuff on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, like I wasn't watching my parents get get arrested for some petty crime, and I or I wasn't out there, you know, getting rubber bullets shot at me. And the fact that I didn't experience much of that definitely contributed to you know, the differences between myself and some of my classmates. I, I got to grow up in Canada, and I think that's a luxury compared to a lot of the backgrounds of people I know. It's wild, honestly, like the, the differences between a person, you know, raised here and raised there. Because, you know, like you're not facing the same hardships here as you are there. I was made soft, uh, I'll to say, by my time in Ottawa. But I, at the end of the day, like, I don't regret anything about it. Like, I'm, I'm very happy with my background. Um, on your younger sister's point about her growing up in Palestine, because I think that's really interesting that you've really got a comparison of someone who grew up in Canada versus someone who grew up majority in Palestine. 
What specific differences are you noticing? She's not going out in the streets, you know, protesting or throwing rocks or anything. Like, thank goodness. She's done elementary school there. She's still going through elementary school there now, as we speak, anyway. It's more so of her, like, her behaviors. And, like, she started a fight on the bus once. This kid was being mean to her, and then she started a fight with him. Now, that's something that, like, I, I stay away from fights. Like, don't get me wrong, I'll fight someone if I have to, but I, I stay away from them. Kids there, they're all, you know, they're, they're always starting fights. Like, they'll settle any argument with their fists, like, uh, guys and girls. <laughs> yeah. So touching on, like, this uh, violent piece that I think is the biggest contrast between Palestine and Canada as a whole, um, I know that you were about a month old when you first left Palestine, but when you go from Ottawa to Palestine and then from Palestine back to Regina, um, what was that like in terms of the differences on the violent aspect? You go from no guns to guns um, to no guns again. Was there anything that was going through your mind at that time? Now that I think about it, it's, it's jarring. Like I mentioned this earlier, but it's jarring to think of how, you know, you won't see a single gun out here, whereas everyone carries a gun back home. One funny thing, though, is about, on the violence piece is that the, is the one time that I did get into a fight was in Ottawa. This kid picked a fight with me and then I fought him back and I, I punched him in the face and then I got in trouble for it because I gave him a black eye. Um, I got in trouble for it even though he started it. Anyways, that's, that, that was in, a third, in third grade, so it doesn't really matter. But um, there's definitely a huge gap there between like levels of violence, both in youth and in adults. Like on the adult side, this one time there was a traffic jam. This one guy bumped this other guy's car. The guy in the first car got out and the guy in the second car got out and they started arguing. And then the one guy took his belt off, started whipping the other guy with it. And like during their discussion about like, oh, you bought my car? He's like, no. This is in Ottawa? No, 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 no. This is, this is in Palestine. No, so okay, this okay, was, got no, it. No, I don't think you'd see this kind of thing. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, okay. This is a personal opinion on you. Do you think there's a need for that violence? Oh, no, of course not. Like, I'm a pretty pacifistic person myself, so, like, I don't see a need for it. But um, I understand why to them, like, to some, some, pe- to some people, because, like, I know some people in Canada, to the people everywhere have that opinion. Like you, like, you can solve anything with your fists kind of thing, you know. And um, if anything, I think it only serves to make the, the already existing conflict there worse. Like, all the fights and ar- arguing and protests. And, like, like, I don't think throwing rocks at soldiers or getting shot back is going to help, if I'm being fully honest. And I'm, I'm happy I didn't have to grow up with that, if I'm being fully honest. I can definitely see why they think that violence is necessary. Like, you know, you'll see this, like the soldiers that are there to, you know, enforce the peace or whatever. Like, you know, they're carrying, you know, these giant assault rifles. They'll they'll get into fights with people too. Like, and then you'll have, you know, Palestinian people run at them with knives and then, you know, get shot for it. It's just a vicious cycle in the end. But like, so basically like the Israelis think, you know, we need to use tanks and missiles and assault rifles to keep them under control. Whereas the Palestinians think, you know, we need to throw rocks and Molotov cocktails and stab them to make them stop using, you know, tanks and missiles and assault rifles on us. So it's, it's a vicious cycle, really. That's kind of a controversial opinion because anyone from Palestine will tell you, no, you like, you got to fight, you got to throw the rocks, you got to protest, you got to do this, you got to do that. I just think that like, you're not getting anywhere with that. Like you're literally, it's literally only contributing to the vicious cycle. The first one is what adjective best describes the Palestine culture? It's a complex culture. Maybe a few uh, adjectives. A fascinating, active, wild, energetic. A lot of activists there. Um, what's your favorite dish from the Palestine culture? It's uh, zata. It's ground up. So there's a, it's a certain kind of leaf. And that leaf is ground up along with uh, oregano and sesame seeds. And then you put some olive oil on it and you put that on bread. It's, uh, it's really good.
What lesson took you the longest to learn? It's okay to be different. It took me a while to come to terms with the fact that, you know, like my upbringing is different from these guys's, you know, like having grown up in Ottawa, like it took me a while. Okay. And um, second last question, what are you most proud of yourself for? You know, for, for getting this far, honestly, I'd say, you know, I've had a like moving, moving around a lot. I'm happy that I'm, I'm still stable, still strong, you know. I love it. Um, and with all the talk about violence here, I'll just end on a high note, which is what made you smile today? <laughs> I liked your comments about uh, Shalom meaning peace. <laughs> and yeah. ir- irony in that, yeah. Yep, I like that one a lot. <laughs> that brings us to the end of our very first episode of 2021. And I thought this theme of violence was a much needed reality check for me to help put things into perspective as I plan my New Year's resolution. The mirror helped reinforce three main things for me. Number one, Growing up in a country like Canada, where you don't feel scared walking outside is a luxury that not everyone has. Number two, sometimes people who act out violently do so because it's all that they know. When I think about the kids that Amir mentioned that were throwing these rocks, I realize that for these kids, acting violent is their norm. And number three, the world is large and although violent places like Palestine might seem so far away and so far removed, there are people that are affected by these violent acts and they're not too far away from you. So reach out to these people and ask about what's on their mind. Thanks so much for listening, guys. 2020 has been an absolute amazing growth story for this podcast, and I'm so, so thankful for every single one of you who continue to support my rambling conversations. We started from the bottom and now we're here. If you like what you hear, leave a comment or review. And if you don't like what you hear, let me know as well. I'd love to improve. Thanks for listening and hope to hear from you soon. Bye. Thank you.